This is Tom Fitzmorris with the second course of the Food Show. Every time we sit down here, we remind me of you. And every time you remind me of yourself, then I'm about ready for you. Every time we sit down here, and I'm stricken what, with terror. Why are you holding that that way? Because it's, it's it fell drooping off. for some reason. The microphone Doug's is drooping. Yell at me, and I get scared when Doug yells at me, even though I'm Yellow, pretty convinced yeah. I could take you, Doug. Uh, <laughs> well... Uh, okay, so presidential uh-huh. foods. I'm going to run through presidential the list of favorite okay. presidential foods. Okay, go. Just you just heard it. George Washington cherries. Cherries. Well, that makes sense. Or I wonder if somebody just pulled that as a John a joke. Adams apple pan dowdy. What is that? Apple pan dowdy. Apple pan dowdy. My boy. It's a song that uh, one a, a female it goes uh, back to the. I mean, I cruising, think it was something in the forties. So that would have been a long, that's, long time. Ago. That's when it was. Thomas yeah. Jefferson Virginia sweet corn. Sweet corn. James Madison, Virginia ham. Yeah. He uh, obviously James liked Monroe, that. James Monroe, chicken fried with rice. Hey, uh, James Monroe was doing a fried chicken? Chicken fried wow. with rice. Now, now that is impressive John to know. John Quincy Adams, fresh fruit. Yeah. He, he, Andrew Jackson, leather britches. Do you think that's like beef jerky? Uh, no, having come to faces in that uh, in the past, uh, I, I know to tell you that that's not a good mix. Okay, leather breeches was the name used to describe green beans cooked with water and bacon braised wild duck and wild goose and fried apple pies for snacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Martin Van Buren boar's head. <laughs> uh, that describes his face, or his his. Uh, his yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. actually, William Henry Harrison, hard cider. Hard cider. That was uh, a hugely successful uh, marketing deal that went on in that part of the world uh, for a long time. Mm. We had a lot of. Uh, uh, the hard cider candy. The hard, he was hard cider. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you hear these stories. Is that like of, alcohol? Uh, yeah, because okay. um, you hear about uh, the the guy who scattered um, Appleseed. Apples Johnny all. Appleseeds? Johnny Appleseed. Uh-huh. Johnny Appleseed wasn't trying to get you to grow any more apple trees. What he wanted you to do would, would be to just throw them into huge piles and uh, keep getting. Uh, they don't have to be Fermented good. Fermented cider. And they would take care of that themselves, and they would run it in, and oh it would gosh. they would crush it. They would uh, get it's very easy to get wow. uh, alcohol mm-hmm. coming out of um, uh, of uh, apples, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this was a huge business throughout the eastern half of the United wow. States right. back in them days. John uh, Tyler, <laughs> grateful pudding. Oh, and a, an underrated president. I James think. Polk, James Corn Pone. Corn Pone. <laughs> yeah. This Zachary Taylor guy is pretty good looking. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Kala, Kala. Ah, uh, the Kala local to show. That would have, that would come in uh, late uh, pre. These uh, Creole treats were a favorite of Taylor, especially based on his fondness for Louisiana. They are delicious with morning uh, coffee and are sprinkled with powdered sugar. Hmm. Somebody, whoever wrote this book. 
is stretching it a little bit. Millard Fillmore beef stew. Now yeah. we got some serious stuff happening. Yeah, probably Franklin so. Franklin Pierce, New Hampshire fried pies. For some reason, I don't Hubix think pies. of fried pies when I think of New Hampshire. Well, from now on, think of Hubix pies when you think of that. Yeah, but see if you Hubix can find some. pies and New Hampshire seems a little oxymoronic. Okay. Well, let me talk to those morons, and I would. Rose cake, James Buchanan. What is that? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What's the what's the James recipe? James Buchanan was the first and only unmarried man elected to office to stay single throughout his life. Mm-hmm. Thus, the Capitals calendar was always booked for social affairs. The one dessert he always loved, however, was Moss Rose Cake, an almond-flavored cake that was light and fluffy. Hmm. Hmm. Who would have guessed? Yes. Abraham Lincoln, honey. Did he? No, yeah, that, I've, I've never heard honey. that before. I wonder what he did plain with it. Plain old honey. He was an excellent cook. He was kind and gentle, who never said no to anything in front of him. He gladly ate whatever Mary would fix, but his true secret... From his youth was that he loved honey and treated it as a delicacy from his childhood in poverty. Mm. Well, that'll get your attention. Yep. Andrew Johnson's sweet potato everything. Mm-hmm. His favorite food mm. group was sweet potatoes. Well. He ate them every which way. <clears throat> Ulysses Grant, rice pudding. Yeah. Rutherford B. Hayes, angel cake. Not too many desserts here. James they, Garfield, they didn't eat squirrel as many soup. Squirrels? He's the only one, yeah. squirrel soup. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. He was given special permission to shoot squirrels on the grounds uh, of the White House. <laughs> yeah, the, all of these, in case you're just joining us and wondering what this could possibly be, it is a list of... Uh, Favorite of, foods for presidents. Yeah, that's exactly it. history. And if you have any such reports, uh, especially if you've met a president before... There's something I haven't seen happen yet, oh, but yeah. someday. That, Tom. Chester A. Arthur, <laughs> well, I, macaroni I, pie with Chester, oysters, Tom. Now, yeah. this guy. I always thought guy, he was interesting. Wow. And this is, these are, this is two foods. Again, oxymoronic. They don't go together in your book. Macaroni and cheese. Macaroni with oysters. Yeah. Uh, um. That guy, uh, that president, first of all, he was a little on the... Weirdo side. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) A little weirdo side. No, no, he he was... was, uh, um, He brought gourmet cooking to the White House once again, did so with a flair. Not only was he a fan of meat dinners, but he also loved fresh seafood as freshly caught as possible. He was a gourmet and a playboy. Uh, to, uh, maybe look not exa- like a playboy. Well, he doesn't because he does a, not people look looked like a, a lot different back then. But that's, uh, uh, that seems to be the, the, the case. And he, uh, the only reason he was in office is that his predecessor was, uh, died very uh, uh-huh. uh, ahead of yeah. time. Benjamin and Harrison, so- presidential fig pudding. Grover Cleveland, corned beef and cabbage. Mm, a roast beef poor boy is in the makings there. William McKinley, hot lobster salad. Hot lobster salad. Mm-hmm. Any good or, or any chance? It sounds like it was. It does? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to uh, figure out how you can bring that back to these days. Okay. Probably it's going to be a failure. Theodore Roosevelt. Coffee. Yep. That is not what I would have expected <clears throat> to coffee? see. Coffee? Teddy Roosevelt, coffee. 
Oh, well, it was just be- <laughs> coffee was just becoming popular in those times. And uh, but and we were not far away from coffee coming along as a as a used seven seven <laughs> squares of sugar. Yeah. William Howard Taft, the super fat one. Guess yeah. what he liked? Uh, I don't know. Steak, steak, steak. Steak, steak, steak. Well, there it is. Yeah, we we figured it out. Woodrow Wilson's strawberry ice cream. Yeah. Warren G. Harding chicken pot pie. Gotta love chicken pot pie. Calvin Coolidge, cornmeal muffins. Cornmeal muffins. Hoover, egg timbal. Huh? Timbales. A frequent lunch dish at the Hoover Presidential Kitchen. Egg timbales are an old-as-time tradition that results in egg cups mixed with vegetables and a, a starch base. Mm. Yeah. Beats me. Um, Franklin Roosevelt, Lake Superior white fish. Yeah, All right, you here's can't a guy after them. my own heart, Harry Truman. Mm-hmm. Fried chicken. Yeah, that would be him. Fried that, chicken. Uh, most of these you've you've uh, put on Are the table. They're predictable. They're very predictable. Uh, there have been a couple of oddballs, but yeah. uh, I I think you could uh, make a book out of this. Dwight Eisenhower, old-fashioned beef stew. John Kennedy, New England fish chowder. Mm. Lyndon Johnson, Texas barbecue. Richard Nixon. Ah, he liked uh, cottage. Uh, yes. Yeah. Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese, right? <laughs> there's a there's a quotation on him about that. Oh my goodness! I can't remember how it goes, but uh, we ran it in the New Orleans menu once, though, oh not my too long ago. Gosh! Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Well, was, we've, we've accomplished something. Word got around that the president at the time was pouring ketchup into his cottage cheese, mm. which somehow enamored the dieting crowd. However, it is true that the Nixons all loved cottage cheese, and in fact, one kitchen crew member drove around in a White House limo searching for it on the night they first arrived. Mm. Crab uh. soup and homemade bread, Gerald Ford. Jimmy Carter, baked grits with cheese. Ronald Reagan, honey-baked apples. George W. H. W. Bush, corn pudding. Clinton, chicken enchiladas. W. Huevas Rancheros. Barack Obama, black forest berry honest tea. And Donald Trump, peanuts. Oh, there we are. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, there's the list. Mm-hmm. This is the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris, and uh, I can turn you into me or somebody who can pretend that I'm like me and uh, in- instead would be portrayed as a— Are we doing stuff now? Oh, no. We, oh, we, no, we never get any good. money for it. And, uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, we are, we are here to uh, talk six, about the food scene around eight. New Orleans. Yes. And uh, how? And so we were talking about the food scene in Baton Rouge over the weekend. Uh, what we did over the weekend. Where so, we were. So yeah. After we finished eating this buffet, John came over to the table and offered to take us on a tour. This is chronicled in NoMenu.com today, by the way, with pictures on Instagram this evening. But uh, he took us to all of his. Little buildings around the property, and his big buildings too, because he had a few of those. He had he had a lot of buildings on that property. He, that's he for absolutely sure. did. He had a distillery. He has a grist mill. Yep. 
and a tractor shed for his tractors. But I love the, the story that he told about how he acquired the property. He was approached in the 80s by this couple who wanted to sell the property. And he didn't have a lot of money back then. <clears throat> and they said, don't worry about it. Just, just take it. Just take it. And there are a bunch of weddings that are booked. It's like, it's like try it on for size. You take it and um, let us know how you feel about it after a little while. So time goes by, year or two, and he likes it pretty well because the weddings are coming in and, and it's nice and, you know, he can make some money off of this and it's a beautiful property. And so he says, okay, let's make a deal. So they said, well, you don't have to really worry about paying us. We don't need the money. Hmm. So Who's give us that like $500 a month until you're ready to actually buy it. And so he did that for a while, and then he actually paid them, and it was his. And so the first thing he did was he put another building there, and he put three smoker Units there. It's like a brick wall with three smoke piles. There are rotisseries. There are hooks for hanging meats and things like that. It's very interesting. Then you walk around. Then there's a little tiny building that he fashioned after slave quarters. And one of them is a grist mill where he where he goes through tons of corn and wheat for the Cracker Barrel, and his own brand and, and other restaurants around town. And he, it's working constantly, tons and tons out of this little tiny house. And he's got a smoker house that used to be an outhouse somewhere. It's now a smoker. He's got the distillery. It's a fascinating place. Anyway, it was a really good time, and mm -hmm. uh, and they're really nice people. And uh, we, we walked around this place uh, probably as long a way that you could possibly have have figured out how to do. Because uh, we were going in and out of these uh, little bayous is what we would call them. And, uh, it's really pretty. And uh, Yeah, it really was very pretty. A little levee in the back. And, uh, yeah. and we, we got in, we got out, and it, uh, we learned a lot about it. Although, uh, John, uh, this is a guy who is, has no problems with telling you every single thing he knows. He does, he does like to share he, his thoughts. And he, he knows a lot of and stuff. he does know a lot. Anyway, the chef of Revolution was there, so we got to see him. He, he was uh, heading back to town with some kind of meat he had come to pick up. But the story that most interested me was the story about the property next door, which was a church. And I've never heard of the order, but it was a nun. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, Sister Dulce, that was her name, Sister Dulce... Dulce. Okay. D-U-L-C-E. Right. Uh, yeah. Dulce. Okay. Right. Um, she she called him at WAFB where he does his television show. We're gonna we're gonna hold this story and come back after the break. Two six zero six three six eight. If you'd like to chat with us, you're listening to WWL one hundred five point three FM HD two. Uh, we have a lot of time to give away. It's to take as much as you want, and what we do is talk about eating, restaurants, cooking, wine cocktails, you name it, we talk about it. And if you think it's something uh, that nobody has ever bothered with because it's probably just trivial, 
no need to, for Tom or anybody else to come in here and, and tell me about stuff. Well, uh, I want to get back to my story. Oh, I'm sorry. The, but let me finish this sentence right here. Uh, so what I'm asking you to do, call us, 260-6368, and we will talk about, uh, gee, just about anything in, uh, that's on the edge of eating and drinking and all the rest. All right. Marianne is here. Ta-da! And she will now cut loose with well, something. Know, I'm not going to actually talk about food. No? I'm going to talk about the property next door to John Fulce's white estate. Wait. <laughs> White Oak, White Oak Estate and Gardens. It's a long, it's a long name. <clears throat> so if you drive back, it's kind of really tucked away. <clears throat> you, you, you what intrigued me back. was that there was a, they have their own FM radio station. They there. have their own everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like there could be an apocalypse and he'd do just fine. Yeah. So <clears throat> in the back, there's this church, and it's this strange order and I don't know what it is but um, he said Sister Dolce called WAFB where he does his television show and they said well what does she want and they said we don't know and he said well I, I'll talk to her eventually I guess when she calls back so a few weeks goes by she calls again she calls again she calls again and so finally after she called a few times he goes okay well i gotta find out what she wants so have her come in and meet me so she comes in and she says (coughs) uh, chef false he said very nice guy by the way he said and she points her finger to the heavens (coughs) he said that there are two people in Baton Rouge that I have to meet, and one of them is you. And he says, oh, okay, well, why? And she said, I don't know. And after that, she left. And so six months goes by, and he gets a note that Sister Dolce called again and wanted to see him again. And so... He meets with her the second time, and she says, I know what it is. You see that land over there? This was right past his property. I need that land. And he says, well, good luck with that. Because there are four people already bidding on that property, and I'm one of them. Six months later, she owned it, and was building the church and the church stands back there and they have a good relationship where they sort of share property and she's got a little garden dulce's garden where they where they shoot outside when he does his television show outdoors and that's by his tower yes all right let's go to the phones it's the food show and here we are Johnny, johnny welcome come on in Hey, Tom, Marianne, how are you guys doing? Hey. We're doing wonderfully well for a, uh, a, a day a that's uh, yeah, foggy. President's and all Day. That. President's Blue Day. Day. <laughs> yeah, I just got a little restaurant report. I um, uh, just uh, had recently uh, my uh, Eat Club luncheon uh, for a Port of New Orleans retirees group mm-hmm. at the Dab's Bistro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been there or if we you have. know about it. It's, it's I think it's relatively new, but it's Chef it is, Duke yeah. is it's now. It's Chef Duke. It's Chef Duke. Duke is uh, yeah. there. I met him. Real nice guy. 
and the food was excellent. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, really that's him. Nice, nice little place right up the uh-huh. street from uh, Joe's place. Mm-hmm. And, good. Uh, so uh, how, how do you rate it, Tom? You've been there? It, yeah, I've been there a couple of times, but I will tell you I don't think it's quite ready for uh, everything to be perfect. Now, if you can go mm-hmm. in and say, well, you know, there's who, who cares if somebody has a, an orange pen sitting on the counter? You know, uh, if, if you can handle that... Uh, mm-hmm. And most people can uh, go ahead. It's an interesting looking place. It looks like a, a neighborhood uh, right. kind of a place. And uh, and Chef Duke is there at least off and on. He uh, lives there, I think. He lives yeah. there. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I would there. believe yeah. that. Uh, I would Every believe. Every time I see yeah. him, he looks like he's been there for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uh, got to talk to him for quite a while. And uh-huh. uh, I would you have good weights? Um, I, I, I mean, I had something very simple. I had the catfish and shrimp uh, dinners, but uh, we got a variety of different. Uh, 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 you know, there was twenty one of us. Oh. So, uh, but they uh, they have a great wait staff. You, you yeah, know, they really do. Several people on it, but one lady and she handled it all. It was terrific. Uh-huh. Who came out hot and. Uh, served us all, and we got it relatively all pretty much together, which is a tough task with 21 people. Who are your relatives, but, uh, anyway? Well, he's a pro. I mean, he's been at it a long time. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, 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 something I would pay some attention to if you're going to mm-hmm. uh, go over to uh, Chef Duke's new place, place. and the other one, uh, th- uh, they are very local in the way that they do just about everything. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I would stay on that side uh, or wait it out. Because, I, again, I tell you, I think this is going to evolve into a, a pretty good restaurant. But it's it's it hasn't been open much longer than a couple of three months. Yeah, he told me he moved mm-hmm. over because he was on the North Shore for yes. us. And, and uh, then he moved over yep. about three months ago. And, and here uh, we are again. Yeah. Were you not yeah. familiar with Chef Duke before you went there? Uh, I never did make Cafe Giovanni's and always wanted to when he was in a the quarter there, but uh, never got around to it when I was on the North Shore. So, uh, well, the but, food uh, is very different. I mean, it's yeah. not Italian. Food. This is more New yeah. Orleans food. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. See ya. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. It's the food show, all right, and I'm Tom Fitzmorris, and <laughs> here we are talking about eating and drinking and all of those things. I always like talking to people who are about to put on a private party and see what they do because different people have different uh, ways of collapsing all this together, and you never know what comes out. Well, Too hopefully s- it doesn't collapse. Well, no, uh, you know, I mean that in yeah. a... Uh, Anyway. Random sense. Two six zero six three six eight. Today is National Cafe Olay Day. Cafe Olay. You know that's something I really love. Do you? No. In fact, I pretty much have some of that right here. I know you always do. It's the Camellia brand. It's the Camellia cup. They're not making Cafe Olay or coffee now. They came on our show back a couple of years ago. Yes, and they left you one of their mugs. They gave me one of their mugs, and and it winds up being one of the best mugs I have. So it's, uh, and here it is. Yes. Here, you can listen to it. Can you hear it? (laughs) Now, um, your Cafe Olay, are you only drinking coffee and chicory still? Uh. Coffee and chicory. If I'm drinking coffee, I'm probably drinking uh, uh, 
Are you still? What's your What's your brand now? Are you doing uh, the French same one? Still? French? Uh, no, it's uh, Union Coffee and Chicory. That well, it's goes, the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's over a hundred years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's just great. Well, they it, were doing it before anybody else. That's they for sure. certainly were. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know because who was it that liked coffee? Oh, wait, no. Um, who? Theodore Roosevelt. So that would have been the twentieth century. So yeah. Yeah, could yeah. be. So um, coffee was getting. Known at that time, but we were already roasting it here. Yeah, it was a huge uh, business for this area. Well, it's a port, you know. It's a port coming uh, in from a lot of different places. Yeah, South America, where it's all grown. Mm Hmm. Well, uh, there it is. Two six zero six three six eight. So, Tom, you only yeah. drink coffee and chicory. Is there another brand that it, doesn't have chicory? Because I know you always ask for chicory. I always do. And do is you there know, an acceptable non-chicory out there? Uh, you know, there are some that are acceptable. It, it's really a choice kind of a thing. What's, do you know what's the difference between regular uh, uh, coffee and chicory coffee? Well, chicory is this root vegetable, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and so you grind it up, and it doesn't have any caffeine, does it? It doesn't have hardly any. It's just a very tiny amount. It's like a nothing thing. It's like a, it's like a filler. It started out as a filler, I'll bet. Uh, it, what it was I was why they did. Do I'll it like tell you that. exactly. It was two different uh, sources. One of them was Napoleon, uh-huh. and the other one was in our country. And I have to remember who that was. Napoleon liked chicory? No, here's what Napoleon did during World War I and World War II. Napoleon as in Bonaparte? Yes. Well, that was in World War I, Tom. And it was both. It was the 1800s. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Napoleon... It was 1805, was it? Napoleon uh, observed. This would have been in the, in, mostly in the, uh, in the uh, 1900s. Uh, he... Uh, insisted that because there, uh, France and everything else in Europe that uh, Napoleon was under control of, uh, there was no source for coffee, actual coffee. This is something that people wanted tremendously. And so they couldn't, they, they couldn't find any because all of the countries around there, they were holding back on anything Napoleon was doing. So... What happened with them uh, was that he he asked I'll for people he asked for people to come up with something a lot like coffee, but not coffee because we can't get real coffee because it comes from all these people over here. So uh, somebody uh, did pay a lot of money for that, and the next thing you know, you have Napoleon's uh, a, a means of coffee getting, and chicory. It was coffee and chicory. And uh, and it's still there. Sir. Another point of history here. Yes, uh, it has been noted that Voltaire drank seventy-two cups of coffee a day. <laughs> <laughs> and do what, we have any? Do we have any drawings of Voltaire? Because I would like to know. No, he, he would looked, never sit still for any I of that. Like to know what he looked like? Oh my gosh! Mm. How do you even? How do you even fit that in the course of a day? Who said uh, that? Where'd you get that, Doug? That can't even be true. It is true. And you know, there was another example of that for something else. That's how Napoleon managed to shift. Live that long? He, no. He, uh, he also came forth and asked if anybody had a substitution for butter. And that's where margarine came from. Ah. Yes. 
That's okay. Yeah, well, check it out. So uh, there it is. Help me. Two six zero six three six eight. Help you. What do you need? Uh, We should take a break, though, shouldn't we, Doug? Want a break? Doug is in there just marveling. Uh, We'll be back. WWL 105.3 FM HD2. Uh, we've had an interesting Mardi Gras-filled kind of a day today. It's you know, When Mardi Gras comes in, everything changes. You know, that's the, just the way it is. And uh, and then new things appeal. You meet new people, and you bump into people uh, people that you like haven't seen. It, like a scream? <laughs> no, what did you say? Like a spring. A spring? A spring. Spring, change. as in spring. It's a change. It's mm. a newness, a beginning. Mm, another one. So today, today, Tom, is the anniversary of the marriage of Blondie and Dagwood. Mm. Now, there's something that touches my heart. Because you have two people there. One of them could eat his head off. I didn't know Dagwood was a wealthy playboy. That's what Dagwood started out to be, was a wealthy playboy. His choice of a bride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's find out more about it. Oh, Doug, what would we do without you? Greetings, Stephen. Hello. Hey. The the White House chef is the fried chicken lady's son from over next to uh, uh, Dookie Chase's. I can't think of it. Oh, Willie Mae Scotch House? Yeah. Was Obama's chef? Yes. I see. But okay. I, I mean, he was there. I think he retired after 30 years. I know him a little bit. And from what I can remember him telling me, he retired after being there 30 years. So he just wasn't there under Obama. He wasn't. But I think he he wasn't. I mean, he was there before Obama. Do you, and you don't know his name? I don't remember his name. I think he ran the Uptown fried chicken location because they opened it after he retired and came to New Orleans. Is he still around? I think so. I mean, he wasn't all that old. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen him in a while, but I haven't been going to those restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't know that he uh, was going to be Interesting. I'm going to see if so. I can get him on the show. If anybody knows the name of the person that Stephen is talking about or has any way to get a hold of them, please call Doug and give him that info because I would like to get them on the show, him on the show. I'm sure if you call the restaurant. Yeah, I will, but I'm I'm too lazy. If somebody can call me with the information and save me a step, I'd like that. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll be forced to run it down. All right, Stephen, let's get to your list. Okay. My seventh great-grandfather was the treasurer of France. And when Jefferson was in Paris, he hung out, they hung out together. Mm-hmm. And then in 1800, New Year's Day, my seventh great-grandfather came to the United States. And President Jefferson sent for him and sent him back to France to, Napole- to deal with Napoleon. So that was 1802, Tom. Yeah, we're not we're not going to quibble with Tom. Okay. Just let it. Just yeah, Doug and I are just okay. looking at each other. So go ahead. Oh, I thought okay. I was just taking notes down. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah. then he he became a presidential liaison to Napoleon to buy the Louisiana Purchase. Yes, correct. Yes. Okay. 
Yes, we know we're so, not talking about 1917 and such. We we know he's okay. long gone. I mean, we know he's long gone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, and then during the Nixon administration, I was a congressional aide, mm. and I I don't know how many times I was Trisha Nixon's escort to mm. official functions when the Eisenhower boys were not available. Ah, uh huh. And so I've been in and out of the White House a number of times and slept in the Lincoln bedroom twice, I think. Stephen, I've decided that you are like. Four, four, you, you, four, <laughs> four, four. Stephen, can you do me a favor and quit calling <laughs> at this time every day? There's something about your call that makes that happen. You're like nesting dolls, Stephen. There must be a hundred of you inside of a nesting doll to have lived all of these lives. Yeah, well, comes from coming from a prominent family and lots of relatives that have been important in American history. Yes, for sure. That's for sure. Anyway, so, what else is on your list? I think that's it. That's it. My goodness, David. I don't remember. I don't remember. I can't understand what I wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) That's barely enough to to go past Tom's 4444. Yeah, I know. But, you know, they were... My family was important in America. That's right. They were, for sure. Anyway. And I know the family was in and out of the White House on a regular basis, from what I read, because... My seventh great grandfather's son uh, was the gunpowder guy, and he was in and out of the White House, and that's why they started to go into gunpowder, because Jefferson said they needed a new good source of gunpowder, and he had worked with a chemist in Paris redoing gunpowder Hmm. to making it better. Well, I would imagine that would have considerably added to the family fortune. So that in 1802, we got our first contract, and we still have contracts today. I I would imagine that uh, you've done very well with that. Somebody has. (laughs) 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 I'm hoping somebody will loosen up on the purse strings a little bit in my retirement. (laughs) Let me have some of my belongings. (laughs) Well, I don't know what to say about that, Stephen. Good luck with that. Okay. All right. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Bye-bye. There he goes. Glad we got that done. It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. It's great to be here with you talking about the food scene around town. You will not find another show like this anywhere in the country. I keep looking. I never find. What's uh, eating in your life? What have you uh, found uh, that you really enjoyed recently? Wait, I'm going back to Dagwood. Dagwood, okay. Okay, so uh, apparently Dagwood, and Dagwood is drawn in a way that you would not at all suspect yeah, that real he funny was hair. ever a wealthy playboy. Yeah, but but he was goofy. Uh, you, you can, ah, he you was can an be eccentric wealthy an eccentric, playboy. Uh, uh, well, yeah. I have to say, though, you can be, it, it, depending on how rich you are, you can be as eccentric as you want to be. Uh, but Dagwood just kind of looked like a goofy guy. Anyway, 
Um, he well, was the, a wealthy... the, the, the neat part about it, though, was that Blondie, mm-hmm. who clearly was much, much smarter than Dagwood was, and so she would just ask for things, and he would always give them to her. And, uh, well, and he was pretty the, smart, too, then. Pretty smart, uh, although, uh, let's say there have been smarter people uh, uh-huh. at some point. Uh, and then he, uh, he made these sandwiches for himself that had everything under the sun put in there. And it looked like a poor boy sandwich, but uh, <clears throat> it had a lot more courses. Okay, well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it. So, so he was a wealthy playboy. And his choice of a bride caused his father to disinherit him. Mm. Oh, too bad. Dagwood went on to become an iconic chow hound with the overloaded sandwich, regardless of its contents, as long as there was plenty of different stuff. It's named yep. for him. Mm-hmm. And he would make these sandwiches, and there'd be all kinds of stuff falling out of it, yeah. like like uh-huh. whole fruit and yeah. and uh-huh. whole uh, uh, fish and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and it, it, I thought it was always one of the funniest strips out there. Really? Uh, yeah, not that part of it. He he used to just make little comments, and they were always funny. I always thought so. Anyway, yeah, I'm easily amused. Is it still uh, yes, running? It's still, still running. running yep. And how old is it? Nineteen oh something or rather. Yeah, because this isn't the anniversary of the strip, but the anniversary of their marriage ah, today. Yeah, well, yes. I'm glad we took care of that. Grouper is your edible dictionary for today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So well, yeah. is is a grouper? Isn't that like a bottom feeder? A grouper? Yeah. Yes, it is. Gulf of Mexico groupers are more popular in Florida than they are in Louisiana, but they are commonly enough caught that they're showing up more frequently on local menus. The firmness of the meat, it's kind of a thick fish, isn't it? It's like a thick piece uh, yeah, that you it, get. It, it's almost like a halibut, right? A cell, uh, yeah, they, uh, they sell um, to different... Uh, they, where were we? That we should fall over into this corner? Huh. <laughs> So, uh, where were we? As soon as I said halibut, I thought, oh, no, did I really say that? And Doug almost almost fell off his chair when he heard me say that. (laughs) I apologize to everyone in the audience for having made that blunder. Well, anyway, there are many different kinds of uh, what? What's the name of the fish we were talking about? Grouper. Groupers. There are many uh, species and varieties of groupers. Some of them are very large and fatty, almost. Uh-huh. Some of them are, are kind of lean and kind of small too. I've seen them every uh, way you go. Uh, the the expert on this subject, uh, other than people who are in the fishing industry, uh-huh. uh, if you ever were to go to Frank Brightson. Mm-hmm. Uh, with he, you know, he has that great restaurant yeah. uptown. Uh, he uh, not only is he into fish, and he he yeah. he, uh, he actually goes fishing a lot, so yeah. he knows how to go out and mm-hmm. catch a fish. And and so, uh, I've seen all kinds of different things on his uh, kitchen floor. Or, I'll bet you, not floor. <laughs> no, that that wouldn't yeah, that wouldn't work. No, that. no. Uh, I'll bet you also Guy Sock Rider over at Burkett. <clears throat> I who Guy. Sock rider at Burkett. Guy Sock rider. <clears throat> yeah, he's a he's a great chef. Yeah. Uh, these days, he okay. is working at Burkett. They are commonly uh, 
back to what you wrote here. They were frequently on local menus. Mm -hmm. The firmness of the meat and its whiteness also makes it appealing. Some yeah. of the grouper people like that are better than others. The one that you've liked the best in the war is the Warsaw grouper, a rather large, as much as forty pounds fish with enormous flakes. Yeah, I like flaky, flaky white fish. Most people do. You can do. serve it yeah. one flake at a time. The yellowfin grouper, a smaller fish, are more common. They're usually served in fillet. In general, the flavor of grouper is on the mild side. That's another thing I like about it. It benefits from brief marination in olive oil, lemon juice, and wine, and a crust of Creole seasoning. The best preparations are grilling and broiling. <clears throat> it's also good panned with a crust of herbal breadcrumbs. The name grouper comes through Portuguese from a South American word for fish. Hmm. For the fish. I didn't know that. Well, you wrote it, so. <laughs> well, I guess I don't get <laughs> it out quick enough. Today is the ancient Roman festival of Fornicalia. Every time I see that, I think of something else. <laughs> Which was not what it sounds like. No, no, not to me either. It celebrates the hearth, wheat, bread, and baking. But I do like yeah. saying that, fornicalia. Yeah, yeah, don't say it too often. Into, into, fornicalia, fornicalia. Uh, and also never near anybody who's kind of a... Prude? You know, yeah, yes. prudes. That's yes. exactly what I wanted. Yes. Thank you for that. Okay. Do, 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 All do, right, do. Uh, Mark Twain has a good quote here. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's really true, I think. Tell me. After a few months' acquaintance with European coffee, one's mind weakens and his faith with it, and he begins to wonder if the rich beverage of home with its clotted layer of yellow cream on top of it is not a mere dream after all, and a thing which never existed. Hmm. Now, do you think that means that he liked European coffee or he didn't? That's what it sounded like to me. I, I, I think... Uh, European coffee is uh, Well, It's uh, stronger for sure. No, I can tell you, the people around the world, mm -hmm. uh, they re recognize only one style of, of, of coffee. And yeah. that's coffee on a plate. You, you get it liquid. You add whatever you want. And uh, we are more along the lines of, I wanted a perfect certain way. Like, uh, with, don't uh, you think Americans have become pretty snobby about their coffee, too? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but the, um, the upside but of that... But Americans still don't really know that much about good coffee, They don't. Do they? they really don't. But I mean, once they're, you they're do... They're pretty smug about their coffee, yeah. but they don't really know much about it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. All that so is true. Do one of those Europeans have any patience with us at all? Oh, wait, they don't. Something like that. <laughs> Two six zero six three six eight is the number. Just five more minutes to get into our little gab fest. If you would like to call us, we would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is always fun, and it's uh, uh, something. Again, I tell you, oh. never appears in other. What? What do you? I just wanted to mention. Oh, what? Go ahead. What did you want to say? I uh, hadn't quite figured oh, okay. it out yet. So Daniel. The Daniel? gourmet cellist who comes oh, up I heard he might often be... on the show yeah, and who is pretty much a globetrotter of the highest order. Is he ever? Has just returned from South America. Really? Where he will be coming in to sit in my seat tomorrow oh. and tell everyone about what he ate in, well, Buenos Aires mainly, mm -hmm. but also Chile and uh, parts down under. <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
So, so that's tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow. He will be sitting in my chair for me. Tom in your chair right over there. Well, uh, yes. I don't think I'm going to be here physically. Not, but I'm you're going to be at home. I'll be at the Coolwater Ranch. And, uh, and if you would like to talk to Daniel, the gourmet cellist, people ask about him and what he's doing. He's always doing something. He's always yeah. out of town. He is a and terrific. And he has dropped, uh, back in, dropped back in for a little bit here and is uh, going to come in and talk about his steaks in Argentina. Ah, well, that's the place to go. And how there really is something to that steaks no in Argentina No question about thing. it. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's good. So that's I'm, I'm, I'm glad because he hasn't been on our show in quite a while. Well, he's never here. He's, and he's you know, here. He's, he's traveling all the time. Yeah. But he really is uh, a terrific musician. And he's also a gourmet sort of a guy, but he doesn't snob himself over it. So it's, uh, he's a great guy to know. Yeah. And uh, we've, um, he, a couple of years ago, he, at Christmas time, he, he had a party over at his apartment in the, uh, that was in the old, oh gosh, what's the name of that? It was uh, one of the... The old Kraus building. The Kraus building, yes. exactly right. Mm -hmm. So you're up there, and he uh, he gave me a little push by him. by telling me that uh, the, the sh shrimp remoulade, yes, we made two made shrimp remoulades. And he, yes. uh, he, he gave me a real good push on that, so uh, that was nice. And, and he really knows what he's talking about, too, so... Uh, Anyway, well, you I, if you have, have you know, that much global globe trotting experience and not have learned a few things along the way, yeah, for sure, that's for sure. Anyway, yeah, no question. So he will be in tomorrow. Tomorrow, and I will not be here on tomorrow. You will okay. And he's he's hosting it on his own. No, 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 no. It's the, it's the like it's like when Allie comes in. Yeah. And it's you and Allie. Yeah. Tomorrow it's you and Daniel. Oh. Like it's you and Don, it's you and Daniel tomorrow. I, mean, I, I would have Daniel <clears throat> on more often, but he's never here. But I'm doing it on the on the. Uh, You're going to be at the Gizmo. Coolwater Ranch, and yeah. he's going to be in the studio. Oh, well, right? you can't do everything, especially these days. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, that's that's how it's going to go down tomorrow. <clears throat> and uh, And so people, if you are interested in talking about food all over the world... There he can tell is you. Your person yeah, he to really talk knows to it about food all over, like all over the world. He has not been to the moon yet, but on this planet, he's pretty well logged a few miles. Yeah, I've met plenty who uh, were nowhere near as, as sharp as he was. Miles, I would yeah. say that. That's for sure. But anyway, South America <laughs> will be the subject. But he was also in Spain in October. So if you have questions about Spain. And before that, he was in Asia. Uh, so you get, you know, whatever, wherever you need to ask, he's probably been there. Yep. You, can, you can ask him about it. Anyway, that is tomorrow. And I think we're yeah. just about done here today. I think we are mm. doggone near done. Yes. And uh, here's uh, here's a... Uh, uh, Us signing off. Bay. I don't know what Us yeah. signing off. Yeah. It's, um, anyway, I hope everyone has a wonderful evening. Hope you have a good meal tonight. Tune in tomorrow for Tom and Daniel. Mm -hmm. I'll be back on Wednesday. If you're listening to WWL. Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday. WWL, right. Day after tomorrow. FM, okay. HD2. Thank Night. you, Mary Ann. And I'll see you later.